What's up? What's up? What's up? I'm eating free lunch. <laughs> my um my neighbor across the street is a bus driver. Uh-huh. And she um what up, fellas? You know how the bus drivers are like Riggs, what's popping, homie? Can you call it from the kids, Dre? Pretty much. Right. <laughs> <sighs> what's up, fellas? Hey, did you um did y'all ever post the um the, the episode with Tosin and Margaret? Tosin, I haven't posted it yet. I don't know. But I didn't post yeah, but, it yet. Yeah, but oh. you you have legitimate reason. <laughs> Not really. It's easy to post. I just been lit, man. I just been lazy for stuff. But it's good to hear from y'all, man. How is there? I mean, I'm above ground. <laughs> Every day above ground is a good day. True. Yeah, like I, I really, I really can't complain. Like, you know, I think, I think Sunday had to be the, the worst day that I've had as far as like, you know, being like cabin fever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like. For the most part, I guess maybe it's because because I do get to go into the office. Like, you know, I do get some sort of release, mm-hmm. but it's really not bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely it's hit me, man. Like things I used to not appreciate, I started to miss. Like I miss driving. I miss being able to debrief leaving work before I get home now I just get up and it's like I'm at home already so it's like I go from work mode to instant dad mode and it's like damn yeah that it used to be a breaking that that is a change because since since Shelly's working at the house like I used to get home before her and mm-hmm. so I would I would get that time to release and now it's just come in and not that it's a it's a it's a problem to be in her presence, but like you just don't have that time to to do whatever you was gonna do. Mm-hmm. That in between, just clear your thoughts, get in the right mindset and the headspace. But now it's just instant clock out, clock in, clock out, clock in. Yeah, and it's great, but it's been seven straight weeks of you know getting right up from the table and then going straight into with the kids, making sure the wife's okay, getting dinner ready, trying to get outside before the sun goes down. You know, just trying to also maintain. And like, like they said, it's it's a it's a new normal. And like I, I I mentioned it the other day in the in the group text. Like, I think if it if it wasn't for like traveling to go see friends and family. Um, obviously I miss sports but like I wasn't going to the actual game so like as long as they was on TV like I really don't see much difference in my day to day routine yeah but but it, you do you do miss some some little things that you that you did not take for granted but you didn't even realize that the, that was there yeah that's true Thank you for tuning in to the Real Husbands of Riverview. Got my main man Vince Riggs and Drake Campbell. 
the three musketeers three amigos yeah yes sir um we are entering week seven of COVID 19. the governor spoke today i'm um, talking about a plan to reopen the states and starting on monday salons and some beaches some restaurants are going to open up and do y'all think we're done with the worst of it or you think it's going to be a continuous situation or what are y'all feeling and thoughts on this whole thing <clears throat> do we want to open up the the covid pandora's box because <laughs> there's so many <laughs> so many different uh, i need to hear the andre campbell's the Andre Campbell's theory of COVID-19, how cautious should we be, Dre? So, I don't believe we've seen the worst of it. Uh, my source is, I'm kidding. No, but I don't believe we've seen the worst of it. The, the what's, the, what's the medical term? Ace, uh, asymptomatic, where you could have yes. it and not have symptoms. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the numbers or what have you will maybe climb maybe in May once the people who didn't have any symptoms like maybe eventually get tested because you know a few months ago there wasn't enough tests now there's more tests so I feel like there's going to be a jump hopefully not um, so I think those, those numbers will change but just kind of in a nutshell I think the term that um, uh, Vince used was new normal like w- the world adjusting to what is going to be the new normal um, because everyone keeps saying, oh, when COVID is over, when this is over, when the pandemic is over. It sounds conspiracy theory-ish, but will it ever be over? Like, it, th- this season may end, but how do we move forward? Because you said it yourself, it's COVID-19. And now that we're learning more about it, we're realizing there has always been COVID, or not always, there have been past COVIDs. This is, I guess, mm-hmm. what, number 19? So how do we handle COVID-20, right? How do we handle yeah. COVID-21 <laughs> and, and things like that? And then even if the next COVID isn't as extreme, because obviously the first 18 weren't, how do we know not to govern ourselves accordingly? How do we know that next year when there's flu season and there's a COVID season, we don't do the same thing to avoid, you know, mass, you know, traumatic incidents and stuff. So that's exactly. the, the biggest thing is how the world's going to adjust the the folks who got laid off will their industries still be around or the, are the, those industries going to take a hit for years to come um just my last example um valentine's day was less than a month before you know super pandemic me and my wife we got um couples massages and i was thinking to myself mm. like the people who work in that industry they're good people they have families and things like that but when's the next time you're going to feel comfortable enough even if you get a huge announcement by the president saying everything's good all good when's the next time you're going to feel comfortable to let someone you know give you a massage in that field you obviously cannot use uh um a glove like right you can't use a plastic or a rubber glove like it would just defeat the purpose so i'm thinking about Mm -hmm. folks like them like have has your industry taken a hit for a long time? Because when when are people going to feel comfortable? We saw this before with Bro. 9-11. When's the next time people felt comfortable flying planes? So I know just a lot of right things. now for a fact that there are going to be women who go get manicures and pedicures <laughs> the moment someone who they think is an authority figure 
give them the approval. Like, I get what you're saying. And yeah, it may not be the place that people run to to get massages, but people are going to still do things that are kind of not the most sanitary places to go and get things done. Strip clubs still going to sell wings <laughs> and ribs. Yeah, they got lemon people, pepper. I don't know. <laughs> lemon, lemon pepper wet. Let me get a dozen of them things. So it's going to be some questionable decisions being made. And people just, like, we're natural risk takers. I feel like people kind of not, I don't want to say they're naively doing things, but I think people just kind of just don't want to quantify the risk by just living their life. When someone goes to get their nails done, it's a release. It's a break. It's a escape from reality. When someone goes to the strip club, it's the same type of feeling or excitement that they're looking for. So we would yes, know COVID what that consists of because we've never done anything of that nature. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So it's it's like going to the barbershop. We were talking about it today. Like I know for sure like my barbershop isn't the most sanitary place. But I don't go there for the sanitary reasons. I don't go there for the conversation. I go for the sole fact that it's convenient. It's two lefts from where I work. It's part of my day. It's a part of routine. I get into a groove. My barber's cool. But I know for sure that it ain't the most cleanest place. I don't see him dip his clippers into any solution before he cut my hair. And, like, it's just a convenience. It's a comfort. So I know for sure I can't wait to get back into that groove of my routine of getting my hair cut every two weeks and just the regular things that I like to do. So you know what's funny you, you bring up like the cleanliness of the barbershop and like cause we like we have the same the same barber. So I'm I'm I can vouch for everything that you just said is true. But like looking back on it, like I don't think that I've gone to any barbershop that I've seen actually dip anything into the, the cleaning solutions. Like, but the, the ridiculous part of it is I see it sitting there on their on their shelf. <laughs> so it's there. But it was definitely there. So yeah, like it, it's it's gonna be a few people who definitely are hesitant, Dre, and I do agree with you on that front. But I think a lot of people are just so tired of being told what they can't do and where they can't go. That at the moment that it does clear 50%, 60%, 75%, these industries that have been suffering are going to boom. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it and, like, it's, it's COVID is it's never going to be gone. Like, they, they, they've, until they could, can create a cure, it's never going to be gone. It's just how well can we treat it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, like it's it, like I said for for those businesses like massage parlors and things like that, like there there is going to be a point in time where people are going to be willing to take that risk because everybody lives by that that mentality. Oh, it won't happen to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be somebody that's gonna gonna reach out, and slowly but surely, like more and more people will say, "Oh, well, I went to so and so and it was fine," but. At the end of the day, like I, I do like what Dre was saying, I do think the people that are walking walking around not showing any symptoms, they can be passing it to the people that they mm-hmm. get symptoms. So it 
it's definitely gonna we're gonna see some some numbers and more and more people are gonna catch this thing before it you know dies off but i i really don't know when you say okay enough's enough things need to go go back to normal have y'all been wearing masks um, yeah <laughs> you've been wearing a mask <laughs> yeah my, my wife um purchased masks so for the family public. So, so when you go to Publix, you're wearing a mask? Yeah, it's a Florida State mask. Go nose. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go nose. <laughs> Vince, you got a mask? No, Shelly Shelly actually just ordered us some. But the, the thing about it is, because my wife, not to not to talk bad on her or anything like that, but I feel like she she looks looks at things and she's a little more cautious than most. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we've gotten to the point, like, we don't go to the grocery store anymore. Like, we have our groceries delivered. Um, any restaurants that we're trying to get, we're, we're having that delivered. So, really, mm-hmm. besides me going to work, because, like, like I said, being essential, like, I still have to go into the office. Besides me going to work, like, neither one of us is getting getting exposure, like, I, she mm-hmm. had she had a doctor's appointment this week, and I, I told y'all in the group text, she she actually missed our exit because it's been that long since she's driven. Mm-hmm. So so we don't really have an exposure, but she did go ahead and order us some masks, um, you know, just in case something does come up where we do have to go out into the public. So I don't know when they're supposed to arrive, but but at at this point, I don't wear a mask. Yeah, they were super cautious with Jamila before um, she gave birth to our son. Congrats. For, like, thanks, thanks, thanks. For, like, six appointments leading up to his birth, I couldn't even go. Like, she had to go by herself, nine months pregnant, drive herself to the appointment, you know, get checked out, and then just drive back home by herself. So it's been kind of crazy. Um, but luckily, we've been able to, you know, go to the hospital, deliver, and everyone is healthy. And so far, so good. So nothing really to report, knock on wood. But yeah, man, I, I can't wait to get back to some type of normalcy and get back to regular life. Because just sitting up in the house it just isn't ideal. <laughs> no. No. Like with, like I, with with you guys with little ones, like I, I I asked about it earlier today, like how you guys were were dealing with working from home, because because one of my boys, like he 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 got his son is what a year and a couple months now, and both him and his wife are working from home, and he's just saying how like it's hard for him to get in a work groove now that he has to be both employee and daycare. Mm-hmm. And that's that's his worst part of working from home. He's, he feels like he just can't get things done, so then he ends up working later than he normally would. Mm-hmm. So, like, how how's that affecting you and you guys' work life? It's been an adjustment for sure. Like, hats off to all the stay-at-home parents, fathers, and mothers. Like, kudos to you. You deserve a Nobel Peace Prize because... <laughs> It's it's been an adjustment. Like you, I have a a laptop computer and I'm on the phone a lot, but my two year old could care less. <laughs> she sees dad is at home, 
she sees me as dad she doesn't see me as a worker she doesn't see me as an employee she sees me in her kitchen on her time and it's time to eat it's time to play it's time to sing it's time to just watch tv and she just doesn't quite get it and i love it like i love that she's just so happy and curious but sometimes i almost feel guilty for assisting or helping or just trying to prepare something real quick while I'm on the clock because I don't want to have you know too much idle time but it's just like you got to find a balance to be in her life and be an employee and sometimes it's like that well what's like the most important thing but you got to provide you got to keep income coming in so it's just one of those things where you're constantly reminded like how fortunate you are at the same time it's like uh it could be a drag so it's a, it's a good balance. How's it going for you, Dre? Yeah, that's that's really the biggest dilemma is just balancing working and making sure she's doing something constructive. Uh, that's what my that's a, what my parents used to always <laughs> say, like go do something constructive, like which which in other words, <laughs> do something that's not watch TV. So mm-hmm. and, and with a two year old, that's the the biggest thing, like. A, uh, a seven-year-old, a 13-year-old, you can give them an activity and they'll do it. You'll give them a laptop mm-hmm. and they'll, that's three, four hours. You don't have to worry about them. You're not going to hear someone crying or anything like that. I can give my daughter some a coloring book and it may last on a good day, 30 minutes. It, but it might <laughs> last five minutes and she's running in the room saying, it's broken, it's broken. Like, like you know, the crayon broke or something like that. Mm-hmm. So activities don't last long the one activity that does last long enough is when her favorite show is on her favorite youtube show is on which of course you Mm. don't want to do that like it doesn't you don't want it to be eight hours of her watching tv just so you can make phone calls and be and do work stuff so that balance is is the really difficult part because i you know i definitely don't want her to be a tube baby or whatever they call it where you know they're just attached to a phone or attached to a YouTube or attached to the television. Like I want her mm-hmm. to do other things, whether it's, you know, play with toys, read, uh, well not read. She can't read fully, but she likes picking up books and pretending that she can read just something, not screen time or TV time. That, that mm-hmm. is the hardest balance. Indeed. Indeed. I agree with you hundred percent. Stella has crayons all over the place, toys all over the place. And she's just, I mean, she's a two-year-old, so she's just full of life and joy and wants to go play, especially because she's looking out the window. She sees that it's sunny. She want to go outside. She want to ride her bike. And it's like, babe, from 7 till about 5 or 6 o'clock, I'm not here, but I'm here, here. (laughs) And it's just, you know, it's finding that balance. And we're all, you know, making those adjustments. so it's just you know i'm glad that i have people like you to you know bounce ideas off and to you know see how everything is going so it's just one of those things yeah and like like when you guys mentioning like keeping them off the screens like like because i'm i'm of the thought and again not having kids i don't know how long i can keep to this but i'm <laughs> i'm of the Uh-oh. thought uh-oh, is that <laughs> is that a slip up, Vince? No, nah, no slips, no slips. No, no. <laughs> you know, but having having like the conversation, like when 
when you give your kids the iPad, is it more as a, as a pacifier for them to something to do, or is it, you know, so and so at daycare has got an iPad, so they got to keep up? Uh, for me, it's definitely to it's it's a pacifier it's to keep her calm like she can full throttle be crying and then i'll ask her if she wants to watch her her favorite show just to calm her down and sometimes like there just has to be a task that has to get done like let's say washing the dishes so Mm -hmm. i'll put on her favorite show so i can wash the dishes so it i only want to resort to it when you know i just need her to be still and just chill but if i have free time or you know one of the parents has free time then we're occupying her but if my wife is like because obviously at this point just one of us goes food shopping we don't take everyone with us so if my wife goes food mm-hmm. shopping and she tries to go in the morning to get there early um i and i'm washing dishes or something like that I, i'll turn on you know whatever her show is that she wants to watch <laughs> we actually been watching proud family recently i was like we gotta get some okay. <laughs> some people that look like us on the tv <laughs> <laughs> So for me, like, first, I want to address one thing. Like, I, I don't know if I like the stigma of too much screen time because I feel like there's always been something that we did that the older generation didn't like. Like, for us growing up, it was, like, the video games, the Game Boys, the Segas, and, all. like, we, we've always been preoccupied with some type of gadget. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Stella, she has an iPad as well. And it does kind of like, you don't want her to spend all day on it, but it is a lot of stuff that she watches that's somewhat educational. It's not the main primary focus, but they talk about different shapes and colors. And, you know, they talk about different types of foods and she is getting something from it. Uh, But I definitely try to diversify her day by, you know, having her iPad, because I'm on a computer all day. So I don't want to be like, you know, no screen time, and then I'm on a computer getting all the yep. screen time. <laughs> so it's just it's just one of those things where you just want to find good balances. Like um, Jamila is not working at the time because you know she just had the baby, so she's on maternity leave. So I don't want to overwhelm her with two kids under three. So I try to get Stella while she has the baby, but I try to get Stella outside. I try to get Stella to color. We still try to get her to take a nap in the middle of the day to kind of break up her day. But it's just, you know, finding that balance, man. It's tough, but, you know, this is what parenthood is like in the flesh. (laughs) (laughs) And I I mean, this this might be harder harder said than done, or easier, easier said than done, I should say. But I, I told I told my boy, the one that was complaining earlier today, I was like, man, just just fence in that backyard and 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 let him go out there and play in the sun, and because one, he can't tear up nothing out there, mm-hmm. and then that sun's gonna drain him, so he's gonna go to sleep. But I know you can't you can't do that and and be a you know a good parent just letting your kid outside like that. But I like, did I did that yesterday. <laughs> I did that yesterday. I, I got clocked out, and it was still sunny. And me and Stella, we we chased each other. We had races, and we ran up and down, back and forth. And I knew she was tired, but we started off, you know, hitting the baseball a little bit. She loves bubbles. She goes ape shit for bubbles. <laughs> so I had on her favorite Disney station, and we were listening to music, and we ran like we ran at least probably almost a half a mile like i had her going up and down the backyard <laughs> running around in circles 
So when we came in time for take a bath, she was out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so my trick with that used to be water. Like water mm-hmm. drains her. So going to the YMCA and going to the pool, it was a wrap. She'd sleep mm-hmm. great. But now there's no YMCA. And we have a pool, like a blow-up pool for her. But the process to start to get it going, like it was cool when the quarantine first started. Mm-hmm. Um because I could make time for it. I could do it on Saturdays. But now, like, I'm full throttle working now. You know, everyone's first few days of working from home, you weren't really working from home. <laughs> but, like, mm-hmm. eventually now you're in the groove. So there, I don't have, like, a gap of time where I can blow up the whole pool because it takes a while to blow it up. Fill it up with water. Play with her in there. Un, you know, take it down and everything. So I haven't blown it up in a while. Um but yeah, and I, I take her outside all the time, like every day. At my lunch yep. is at one, from one to two, we ride the bike for 30 minutes and then we go in the backyard and we have these little small water guns that we chase each other with, um, <laughs> give her ice, uh, ice mm-hmm. uh, popsicle. But it's not enough. I don't know what. She's like a mutant. Like, she doesn't matter. <laughs> That's why I, I told y'all I got to put her to bed before I, I hop on the podcast because no matter what we do we went to another we went to another community it just has a bigger play area today and we were just riding up and down and i had her on my neck and was jumping up and down (laughs) trying to get her tired but Mm -hmm. but if i had the water sports available like the ymca it just just like with stella when she was um having her swim practice yeah and you were like yeah after swim practice she takes a nap like she's done yeah this she is done she's done before we make it home (laughs) Yeah, I thought about getting like um, some goals because um, Stella, she kind of likes soccer. Like she kind of likes kicking the ball back and forth, and that's one of the easier sports to get you know younger kids involved in. So um, she got me thinking about going to Dick Sporting Goods and getting <laughs> soccer goals in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's definitely been fun. Like I'm going to miss not being able to do this. Like I know right now I have my little gripes but i know when it's all over i'm gonna miss spending that time with her because my wife and i we talk to each other all the time and we say how they're never going to be this small again and i know she's two but she's never going to forget this she's not going to know why we were all at home together all day every day but she's never going to forget it and so i'm thankful that i do get to kind of refer back to the 2020 start of the year where we got to play soccer in the living room we got to build forts and you know eat snacks and just hang out so um it's definitely a blessing for sure i'm glad you guys are getting to enjoy it like because i feel like part of part of being like stuck inside like and like this even goes back to childhood childhood like it kind of forces you to use your imagination and yep. and be more creative in, in, in what you're doing to entertain yourself yep so hopefully the kids are, are, are taking that in I know they, they're probably a little young to realize it mm-hmm. but hopefully it, it, it builds for them in the future and I definitely don't want to understate how blessed and fortunate and thankful we all are to still be employed i know that you know some people are really going through hell right now and they don't know how to make ends meet so i'm definitely grateful and blessed to still be employed 
Um, but yeah, man, it's definitely a good balance of trying to figure everything out. And, you know, it's just, it's just how you get through life. It's all about finding solutions and making things work a little more easier for you. And it's been great. Like it's been seven weeks and Stella has grown in seven weeks. It's amazing to see her learn new things. Like she's pretending to cook now when I'm cooking in the kitchen and she's curious and asking questions and it's just been it's been great so i can't say it's all been bad that's for sure that's what's up so outside of working and you know everything else um, what have you guys been doing to kind of stay busy or to kind of stay in some type of routine Apparently, I discovered video games again for the first time since 1989. So, <laughs> I haven't, my, my Xbox 360 broke years ago, so I haven't touched it for a while. Well, I mean, it's, it's, I threw it away eventually, but um, <clears throat> my brother actually bought me an Xbox. Well, he gave me, he cash out me the money to buy one because they had them nice. going for $150. Like, there was a okay. sale where you can just get it for $150. So, mm-hmm. um, and if you're familiar with Call of Duty, it's free and you just play people online. Uh, the stuff you pay for is if you want the actual full game. So mm-hmm. it, there's literally a whole cult following of the Call of Duty, like the people who just get on and play it all, all day. Um, but of course he's quarantined a, a, a bit as well. He's military, so he still has work to do. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> what better opportunity to do something to kind of play video games with your brother so like i got it in the mail it came a little bit earlier than i expected i put everything together and got on it got a few games mainly the free ones um <laughs> but honestly every opportunity i get i try to hump on i just be texting but hey 9 30 you can hop on i'm gonna put Kamora down let's go <laughs> and okay. sometimes we're on until 2 a.m in the morning like yesterday we were on until 2 a.m in the morning um, and sometimes it's just a few hours because he has two kids and a wife as well. So, <clears throat> but that has really, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure I would have found other things to do, but mm-hmm. that has occupied so much time. It's literally just work, Kimura, eat, my wife, and video games. Like, yep. um, I'm pretty sure there would have been something else, maybe working out or something. Probably would have been the thing, but now it's really playing Xbox. Same, same. Uh, I miss working out. I miss yes. going to the barbershop. Like, it's just so many little things that you didn't really think twice about because it was just so grained into your routine that, like, I look like a mess. <laughs> 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 I look homeless. <laughs> uh, and my wife, she doesn't miss an opportunity to remind me of how much I let myself go um, over the past seven weeks. So. I'm being bullied in my own home. <laughs> yeah. The thing, the crazy thing is, I, I unfortunately, unknowingly do this all the time. I go like seven <laughs> weeks without, <clears throat> like I look So, so this is normal. We are right? always doing like every, every eight weeks every two months there's always a thing that we're doing mm-hmm. oh such and such is wedding such and such is baby shower oh we're going yep. to 
visit this relative it's christmas time it's thanksgiving it's so i'm always just waiting till the next event to get the haircut because i'm like i don't want to have a half haircut y'all know how the half haircut is it's like you don't get a haircut on the first and then the 14th but there's an event on the seventh you don't want to spend the money twice mm-hmm. and get an unnecessary haircut. So, yep. like to avoid that, I'll just be like, all right, I'll just go for the next event. So sometimes it's New Year's and then the next event is Valentine's Day. Yep. So maybe a good 13 weeks in between. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So this this is the normal Andre. I like it hasn't gotten <laughs> bad bad yet. Like I do look like I look like a orange jumpsuit Randy Moss right now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I'm, I'm the same way when it comes to my cuts. It it's typically falls on some sort of event, and mm-hmm. so, and but like with 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 COVID and then with our with our barber going down with back surgery, like it's it's been a good probably five months since I've been to the actual barber shop, and so like I've had to start cutting my hair at the house, and like. Like I'm just giving myself an even, and it takes forever because mm-hmm. I'm I'm using my outliner and not not really like clippers clippers. Mm-hmm. So it, it takes a good minute to do, and I'm not getting an edge or a fade or anything, but it just gets it so it's not creeping over my ears or anything like that. Man, my hair it's like woolly. It curls <laughs> it curls backwards. It just looks bad. Like I, I can't do anything with it when it gets this unruly. So. I'm thinking about getting clippers myself and cutting my hair. Um, but I knew I always wanted to get like a new hairstyle too. So it's like a an, an experimental phase on seeing what I can do. Okay. So we'll see. Yeah, I, I want to get back to, to routinely having having waves. Like, <laughs> like there there was a there was a nice stretch from like I want to say like 06 to, to like 012 or to yeah the 2012 where my joints were spinning <laughs> and then you know I, I fell off you know wasn't wearing a wave cap and luckily you know I have a, I have a good grade of hair so mm-hmm. like it doesn't take long to to get waves at least on the on the top but they have them spinning 360 mm-hmm. I gotta I gotta get back to that and I just you know I don't. I don't know why, because it's just a simple thing of putting on a wave cap for me and brushing it. Mm-hmm. But like for whatever reason, I, I lose more wave caps than I know what to do with. <laughs> honestly, like I, they either end up in a pocket, you know, or you know, leave them in a car or something. Like, but I lose so many of them. I went through a stupid do rag phase from 2000 to 2004. I probably had over 200 do rags. <laughs> <laughs> you I, had the match. I had colored do rags. I had just so many stupid. I would buy do rags because I just thought it was just so color coordinated to match your hat with your shoes and your jeans. And I was such a crazy person. Oh my god! Yeah, and I'm already picturing the G unit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I hate that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but that that was yeah, the time. I, I haven't had, um, man. I that's something I haven't done in a while. But I would think it's probably the same years. Maybe like 
1998 to 02, 03 <laughs> was my wave. I, so my pattern, I only had it on the top. I could never get it on the sides. And I, I shouldn't just give up on that and just acknowledge, <laughs> stop trying and just be be one of those those um, fade guys. Get the fade. Yep. And that way they never know that you couldn't get waves on the side <laughs> and just only show your waves on the top. <laughs> Play but like I that. was this the same way where it was do rag left and right in every color, orange, black. And you know in New York, it was you weren't just putting a do-rag with the flap out. You were tying it up to the left and letting it dangle real quick. And then you gotta you do the little the the ponytails, you roll it up and you got one on the left, one on the right. Depends on if it was like we had a fight that night or something like that. <laughs> you got one for you got one for, for play and you got one for war. <laughs> Um, but it was it was serious. Like me and my brother used to brush our hair a whole lot. It was intense. Like I I look back in retrospect and realize how intense we took um, uh, brushing our hair and and um, do rags. I never forget me and my mom and my um, sister and my brother. We went to an IHOP on Jamaica Avenue, and actually it was on Hillside Avenue. And one of us, either me or my brother, lost our do rag. My mom. She took it so serious. We went back mm. to the IHOP to look for the <laughs> like. My mom was taking it serious. She wanted us to get our just love. <laughs> I never forget that. I'm like, yo, I used to be dead serious That's about do rags and waves, and now I don't even. The only do rags in this house are the ones that my my wife puts on, like when she's going to sleep. Well, like right, I used right to be. Like I haven't put on the do rag in my priorities years. used to be all jacked up. Like I used to keep a brush in my pocket uncomfortable it is to sit with a brush in your pocket like i don't know why i took myself so serious or i had to be so cool or it just used to just be fly to have a brush with you at all times i had to keep the waves spinning i had to look good i had to grab attention like i was just an idiot like i just can't believe when i look back at like seventh grade to like junior year in college Aubrey like I was just an idiot I I used to change multiple outfits in college for no reason had nowhere to go had no car (laughs) like I used to just (laughs) you can't let them see the same outfit twice in a week are you kidding me Uh, you you can't wear the Edward James jersey on Tuesday same same day day. like I used to work at finish line in college so I used to have so many shoes like I used to cop a pair of shoes almost every check and in college because it was just the thing to do and it was just crazy like I, I just couldn't believe the things I used to do looking back now, now that I'm a dad I'm like I was an idiot <laughs> 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 oh man and now like I have, I have a son and a daughter now and I'm like they're gonna drive me up a wall like I could just see it now but what can you do <laughs> Man, nah, but I guess like as far as other things I'm doing to like keep busy, like I'm not really doing anything. I like, I've been been watching movies, which I, I I normally watch movies anyway. But like maybe being home and having more time, like I've given other movies a chance. Mm-hmm. And one of the ones I, I checked out and I, I posted about it on Facebook the other day um, was um, Togo, and. Um, like I said, it had, it had no interest in this movie coming out of theaters. Um, 
but um you know i was on disney plus and it was like 12 12 30 the other night and i was just like you know let me let me see what else is on here mm-hmm. and stumbled upon it and it was a real good movie you know it's heartfelt movie about a guy's relationship with his dog but uh, what I took away from it because growing up I was the biggest and still am a big fan of of, of Balta mm-hmm. the Disney movie mm-hmm. and with this with this movie Togo did it, it brings to light that, that Balta was was kind of a paper champion in a way because mm-hmm. um, for those of you who don't know the story spoiler alert um, there was a there was a some disease that was going around in Alaska um, back in like the 1920s I want to say it was and they had to use use dog sleds to, to deliver this medicine and so there was a, a team of night or there were 20 teams of dogs Balto's team happened to be the last leg of the race mm. and like the of the 20 teams, 19 of them averaged 31 miles of the of the trek. But Togo's team did like, and I'm, I'm going to mess up the numbers because it's been a couple days now, but it was over 200 miles of that, oh my God. Of that stretch. Yeah, so, so like I said, I, I, I put this in my post and, you know, shout out to Disney for adding to this story and giving credit where credit's due. But it's just a pretty good, a pretty good story. Um, so I watched that one. Um, what else have I watched lately? Um, me and Shelly finally got up on uh, on Stranger Things. We did that the the other week. So all three seasons. Like we watched. Yeah, we watched all three okay. seasons within a week and a half. I love that series. Definitely, I'm I'm interested to see where they're going to take it. Um, she said that they are going to come out with a fourth mm-hmm. season, so I'm going to see where where they're going to take it with that. And like you guys put me up on Ozark, we haven't started that because I don't know if she wants to get involved on it. <laughs> like I could watch it by myself, <laughs> but I don't want to hear hear any hear any static about oh why'd you watch it without me? <laughs> I think I think Shelly would like Ozark. It's a it's a good series. <clears throat> we actually watch waiting. Well, I watch waiting to exhale for the first. Okay. Time ever <laughs> actually no, we didn't make it all the way through but i don't know it's it's one of those movies yeah, that i don't know i feel like i was purposely holding out on <laughs> because it had been so mm-hmm. long and y- y'all ever be on facebook and you see like those posts where it's like oh how many have you seen and it's like hood movies <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't consider it a hood movie but it's a predominantly african-american yeah. movie yeah i've seen pretty much almost all there are like three maybe two that i haven't seen one was uh waiting to exhale and the other one is one called the inkwell with lorenz mm-hmm. tate and um jada pinkett. and jada pinkett okay i i don't know why i could never find it because it's never on basic television it's never on bet and it's not even on hbo like you if you don't have like cinemax or something like you're not going to get a chance to see it um, but yeah, there's only maybe about two of those I hadn't seen. One of them being Waiting to Exhale and the Inkwell, and maybe one other one. Um, but I did watch that. Those other shows I want to get into, but if they start slow, me and my wife never give it a chance. So we wanted to start Ozark. 
we saw the trailer and we're like, ah, it's, it's intense. But sometimes intense mm-hmm. starts really slow. And yep. the first two episodes, it could be mm-hmm. no, no action at all. <laughs> and it eventually catches you. Um, and I don't know if we have two episodes <laughs> to give. <laughs> um, we we ne- we never even started. Um, what's that show called? The one that people said, "Oh, it's better than Power." Or it's on. It's on parallel with Power. It's a Hulu original. Um, Snowfall or Skyfall? I've heard of Snowfall. That's on um, FX. I thought Snowfall was on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's on Hulu too. But I mean, FX has a little contract mm-hmm. with with um with Hulu. But yeah, we've never started that. But I've heard people say it kind of competes with power. Mm-hmm. We definitely did power, though. Um, there's so many that we're about it's, it's a new on. show on Hulu. It's called Little Fires Everywhere. It has it we has started Carrie that. Washington yes. I, see the, I see the previews for it <laughs> yeah, all the time. If if you and your wife can sit down and watch that, it's really good. Like it's it's really good. Me and Jamila, we watched that. Um, Money Heist is okay. Um, that's on Netflix. It's a pretty decent series. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? What else? I kind of watch a little bit of everything. Did y'all see? Did y'all see? Um, who killed Malcolm X or who assassinated Malcolm? No, X? I didn't watch yes, that. I did, I did watch that after your recommendation. How was it? Yeah, that was really good. It's I didn't know it was like a sure. six-part series, but yeah. Speaking of series, but, y'all been yeah. watching this last dance? Oh yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Have you learned anything new yeah, about Drake. Jordan? Has it what is that? Has Drake? it changed your perspective on Jordan or a lot of people? No. I've seen nothing changes. <laughs> but I've seen a lot of people admit that LeBron is no longer the GOAT and they put Jordan back at number one. Um, after watching, and I question their thinking to begin with because you should have never took him out of number one. <laughs> so I, I don't trust <laughs> your judgment to begin with. Like, and I, I really don't understand why people be like, Jordan never faced anybody in the finals. Jordan had all his help, and it's like they were trying to trade his best two players his entire pretty much career. They didn't want to get Dennis Rodman. He was a troublemaker that nobody wanted to touch. Scottie Pippen was a good number two, but they didn't really appreciate his value. And, like, Jordan willed those teams to victory. Like, he may have been at butthole. He may have been hard to deal with. But, like, that's just comes with the territory. And, like, I really... I think I like Jordan even more after watching the first four episodes. Like... Um, I, 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 I don't expect people to be choir boys. I don't expect everyone to get along. Like when you're chasing something special, someone has to be the alpha male and see the overall goal. And you know he has to force you to be the best version of yourself. And I think Jordan just embodies all of that. The Bulls were trash. That's how good <laughs> Michael Jordan. Like it was a dying franchise. Come on, bro. <laughs> Like, outside of uh, remember a few years ago with uh, with the Cavaliers where um, LeBron made that comment where he's like we're top heavy as fuck because it was like we're just there's re- three really good players and everyone else is trash yes. like my god Judd DeBushler is dis- disrespectfully <laughs> terrible at basketball <laughs> like Cliff Livingston is disrespectful to the name like they had some really bad players on that Bro. game and outside of being top heavy with Jordan 
Uh, Ron, Ron Harper, but, sure. Good, I mean, but again, the equivalent he didn't show up until uh, uh, Aaron show, McKee. But these players <laughs> right. show up until later, like for like five years. Jordan's yeah, like the first Jordan's MVP. second best player. <laughs> oh yeah, before before Scotty. Yeah, for sure. No, before Scotty, he, he, he had, had Charles Oakley. Oakley, and I keep thinking about. I'm keep thinking about bro how Charles Oakley. They lost and they lost that trade. Charles Oakley is 36 times better Cartwright. than Bill Cartwright. <laughs> I'm better than Bill Cartwright. So, and then and Charles Oakley went on to be he led the league in rebounds. Um, the you know second team all defense all star in '94. Bill Cartwright didn't do that's, anything. That's the funny thing about nature. Charles Oakley. He was not known to be a basketball player. He was known to be a bully. Like, they were complimenting yep. his toughness. Yep. Like, yeah, the next best player was Charles Oakland. He would always be the enforcer, and he would help George get out of fights. They didn't say shit about basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, Michael Jordan, like, legit was unbelievable. That 63-point game against the Celtics, like, Yes, he lost, but he was the MVP of the game <laughs> in a playoff yes. game, and he lost. He was the MVP. Like it's just crazy, man. Like the stuff he did could just we we live in a microwave society, so we want to see that right now. There's a guy that that's equivalent to him. There's the Le, the the Kobe, the LeBron. We're not acknowledging that he was one yeah. in a trillion. He wasn't like there's no no one's gonna come close to what he did. We try to be like, all right, you lost the finals, so you no longer have a chance because he was <laughs> six for six. Like he was defensive player of the year, MVP, and also you like you're not gonna meet his standards. That was yeah. one in a trillion. It will never happen. LeBron does stuff that will never happen too. Kobe did the whole 81, which could potentially happen. Like there are certain things that are like, hmm, that's your niche. He has like forty things hmm. that will never happen again, <laughs> and that's the reason why he's talking a about a trillion. So no matter how you shake, talking it, about Jordan in the '90s is like the biggest hyperbole ever. It's like it's like tall tales. It's like talking about John Brown or you know uh, what's the lumberjack um, Paul Bunyan. It's like talking Paul about Bunyan. Michael Jordan and things he was able to do. It's like you you lying. Like if you didn't see it and live it, it's like you wouldn't believe me. The type of plays he made, the skills he had, how high, like he could fly. They marketed him as being able to fly. Him jumping from the free throw line, spreading his legs, putting his hand behind his back, sticking his tongue out, dunking the ball. He's He should be the logo. <laughs> like he was just that unbelievable of a player. You felt electric just to watch him play. When you bought tickets yeah you spent your hard-earned money to watch him play in real life you felt like he gave you a gift and you spent money to watch him play <laughs> like it was just unbelievable uh, but like I, I i mentioned this in the group text and i like what what i what i've taken away from this last dance was was scotty's contract and like like if if scotty had it decided you know what, I need to go get paid. I'm going to go elsewhere. Like, and Jordan doesn't get to six rings because of that. Where does Jordan fall after that? Because, like, Jordan, he, he's still him, and he's still 
doing everything that he does on the court. But without six rings, where does he fall? So here's my here's my theory. Well, it's not a theory. <laughs> it's the truth. Michael Jordan would have six rings no matter who was playing. He could have been playing with Allen Houston, and he would have had six <laughs> but rings. Dre, I, Dre, I can't I can't get with you on that, Dre, because before Scotty, he had zero. I mean, but how, his first how many, how many rings three years with Scotty, he had zero. Like they came to that together, meaning he was eventually going to get to rings. Like no, but outside of um, Magic Johnson and Sam Cassell, no one comes in their re- their first year and wins championships, right? Like there's a growth to it. When in um, yeah, there, there, so, Bird so Bird there, did it like in year two. There's a growth to it, but like, who's to say that the rest of the team comes together? Like, because like they're all time greats that don't have rings. Like Jordan, and Jordan is part of that, but Jordan also had, had Pippen for that run. And some would say the change happened when they got Phil, because they were with um, Pippen for three years and couldn't make it past Detroit. And when they got Phil in Triangle Offense and Tex Winter, that's when stuff changed and they became champions. So mm-hmm. was it the personnel or was it the coaching? Was it the system? Everything that helped. And then you, you that same coach came back and coached. 20 years later and got more rings and went into 2010 was getting rings and now you're starting to say well was it the system because his system went kept moving and he everything kept on winning. happens for a reason uh, and i think the sure. stars aligned when they got rid of doug collins they promoted phil jackson and they brought in the right pieces but i kind of and it could be the fanboy of me i kind of lean towards dre like i think the nba needed a star and it's true like they marketed Larry Bird they marketed Magic Johnson and coming into the 90s those two stars were fading away and the NBA is all about star power star players Michael had all the ratings he was making 33 million dollars a year he had his own shoe come hella high water Michael Jordan would have won six rings if it was him me, you, Dre, and some other motherfucker. Like he was in those six rings. I mean, and and, and apparently it was with Judge Bushler <laughs> and Cliff Livingston. Like there was just no way that he would have not gotten those rings. He would have figured out some way. They would have made a trade. Like not to diminish anything that Scottie Pippen did. Like I feel like the biggest contribution that Scottie did bring to the team was the fact that he was a quiet humble number two nowadays everybody has to get paid you're not you're not having Durant and Westbrook stay together for 10 years and Westbrook take a back seat and talk about I'm good with my basic contract Westbrook like no I need to be a star too you need to figure out a way to keep us all or I'm out Scotty he was frustrated about his contract but that wasn't until it was about to end like he was cool for the first six years, right? Once you yeah. saw the value of like, it, because this situation later on. was different in Jordan. Scotty needed the money; he had to help his family. He was a small town kid, and he was just kind—he of, was almost in a situation where he was just happy to be there. He did his job; he kept his nose down, and he was happy to be a part of something great. Yes, he was undervalued, but nowadays I just don't see another champion on that caliber to just take a back seat and let someone else get all the glory and shine and be cool with it. Like, we don't have those type of guys wired that way. And if you look at it, 
Scotty ended up making more money in his career NBA contract wise than Jordan did in his career NBA contract wise. Jordan was getting Jordan was True. getting hell of endorsements now, but contract for contract, Scotty Pippen earned more in his career than Michael Jordan. If you go back and look at it. And another way to to look at like would he have gotten rings? So there was always rumors of trading Pippen. But if you look back at all the rumors that came to light, one trade was going to be for Sean Kemp. You still get six <laughs> rings with Sean Kemp until he got, he had all the baby mom. But you were still going to get six rings with Sean Kemp. There was another trade that went, didn't go through with Tracy McGrady that didn't go through. Wow. Like they were always trying to mm-hmm. trade him for younger players. So imagine how much more longevity there would have been. I mean, it seems like the Jerry Krause thing was going to happen anyway, but I feel like there still would have been six, make <laughs> that minimum five or four rings with the quality that you were going to get for. And here's another thing to look at about that contract. It was such a small contract. Look how sexy it would have been to move. It's not yep. like it was a $50 million yep. contract that you can't move. Yep. You could have sent him to, to for, for Kobe Bryant because when you when Kobe was a rookie, that contract yep. would have been $2 million, right? So you, you trade in um, Scottie Pippen because he got a $2 million contract for a $2 million yep. kid who's 17 years old in Kobe Bryant. So uh, I think he would have had it anyway. And then to his contract, in in retrospect it looks bad and what we know now it looks bad but i made it my business to look up other power forwards forwards in 1991 to see what they were making the best guys were making mm-hmm. two million a year so when he sat down and signed deal. that contract it was a great contract it was just like yeah. everyone else's it was actually a little bit more larry bird was making two million in 91 he was making 2.5 if you go based on pippin's contract I look up um, Clifford Robinson randomly. Like, how much was he making? He was making two million. Like, just random power forwards. Some of them were making less than a million. Um, if we want to talk bad contracts, John Stockton was making a hundred thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> he might he would still get the stimulus package based on that. <laughs> like, he was making a hundred thousand uh, dollars. Granted, Salt Lake City and uh, pretty short cost of living, and it's not like you're living in New York where it's like three million dollars mortgage or anything like that but um but at the time that he sat down now the mistake was picking longevity yes that's why if you notice Mm -hmm. everybody's doing two-year contracts and lebron and kd started it i'm gonna do a two-year with a player option so every summer i'm a free agent and whenever the value changes the cba changes and people getting bigger contracts this is the thing i'll be available All that is true for today's, but back then, not to say that it was 50 years ago, but they just wanted to ball. They wasn't thinking about controlling yep. their likeness or being a brand. Like, you got to break it down. Like, Scotty Pippen no. was a 6'1 guard from Arkansas who had a growth spurt. He was never, he was never the man. Central like, he was never like, oh man, I see great. Like, Jordan Hooping. He developed until he grew. He had like that's the crazy thing about that. Dennis Rodman, Scottie Pippen, and Michael in freakish growth. Jordan was five ten in the tenth grade. Tenth grade, you sixteen. He grew seven inch. He was six six when he got to the league. Yeah. Scottie Pippen was a six one guard. He grew up to be six eight. Like, and then same with Dennis Rod. Dennis Rod was like five seven. He grew to be six eight. So, like, all three of them had like freakers growth spurts. So they always had that 
hard work mentality. I want to be great. I want to be great. And just one day, it just happened. Like in a summer. Could you imagine going from how tall you are now to the end of the summer, you'd be 6'6"? You went from not being able to dunk to just dominating on the court. It's like... <laughs> like, it's crazy. <laughs> I actually... I actually tried to make that happen. So in one of Jordan's books or biography, the summer that he had his growth spurt, he was told, you know, the old wives tales and things like that, like (laughs) put salt in your shoes and you'll grow taller. So he drank milk the whole summer. And like every time he went outside (laughs) to play, he put salt in his shoes. (laughs) I don't remember what summer it was, maybe 97 or 98. I was drinking milk left and right, and I had salt in my shoes, thinking <laughs> that I was gonna get taller. Bro, and yeah, never. If happened. I grow mm. six inches in the summer, I'm gonna stop wearing shirts. Like, like I'm just <laughs> like it would just be ignorant. Like if I was just to grow six more inches, and you know, for those three things to happen for those three guys, and they all play on the same team together. They already developed their work ethic. They already developed their skill set. They just didn't have the star power to go with it. So, Scottie Pippen coming from Ark, he had 11 brothers and sisters. <laughs> like, he was not this high-maintenance, demanding, super macho alpha male. He was just a humble, skilled player that was just ready to work. So, when he signed his contract, he's like, man, I'm set. My family good. I can eat. I get... And this is before the ring. So in '91, well, he signed. Yeah, he signed in the before the championship. He didn't see six rings coming from that team. So it's no. like, yeah, he was butt hurt. And nor did no. nor did the people negotiating no. the contract see six rings. No. So there was no way they could have projected like you you just in in yeah. ring number six you deserve thirty like, mil. Like they were like before yeah. the rings, he signed that contract, no and he was butt hurt after right. ring five, which I get. But he made he made his money. Scotty Scotty should have made his move when when yeah. Jordan took his hiatus. Yeah, that's when the renegotiation yep. should have happened. Because he he should have been like, look, I know I got this contract, but Mike's going now. I'm your number one guy. And I that's another thing. Like, so- you're right, Vince. Like, he should have left. Like, if my Batman leaves me for two years high and dry, and I'm used to, like, I just came off a three championship run, and I had to struggle for two years, and then you go just up, yo, I'm back. Who do you think Jordan called first? Was it Scotty? Yo, Scott. (laughs) Um, This baseball thing ain't working out, bro. You want to run it back? (laughs) Let's run it back. But like the 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 documentary mentions it, and and like I think there's definitely some validity to it. In that having having that year and a half without Jordan, Scotty got to see what what it's mm-hmm. like to be the man, and you know finds out you know mm-hmm. I can't do this on my own. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's what helps him helps him keep him there. But he definitely should have came <laughs> to the Bulls, but like, look, I need to be paid if I'm going to help carry these guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a different time, different mindset. But in today's NBA, I, I do appreciate that it is a player-driven league, and I do appreciate the power that the players have. But sometimes I think they let their egos get in the way of greatness. Like, <clears throat> could you imagine if that Oklahoma City Thunder team was egoless? Like, so, so people mention that all the time, and uh, I. 
think they were going to the the hardened domino was going to happen anyway because it wasn't a I need more money it was a we have to pick either you or Ibaka one of y'all have to get paid and I think at the time they made the right decision because I think they were all rookies at the same time so the rookie deal was up at the same time and CBA didn't explode until after the um, lockout season so they were looking at it like hey we we have two really good guys on offense well we have three really good guys on offense Westbrook KD and Harden and then we have a guy who could potentially be defensive player of the year so we have to pick one of them do we keep the three really good offensive guys and lose 90% of our defense i think that they made the right decision by keeping the defense no way they would have saw that all three of these guys are eventually going to be mvp at some point in their life so that first domino was always going to fall and they were always going to be the KD and Westbrook uh team and if you were the gm you probably would have made the same decision because you're just going off of that small sample size rookie contract is only 3 years we ain't hear nothing from you for two years until you grew that beard, and now all of a sudden you're six man of the year, <laughs> and now we got to pay you. But Ibaka been, you know, been blocking shots for the entire mm-hmm. thing time he was on the contract. Um, <clears throat> there's a great um, YouTube, um, I think uh, SB Nation. SB Nation did a good like retrospect of the um, the OKC team and like the contracts and how everything mm-hmm. kind of trickled down. You know what's another team that I like that I probably never had a real chance of winning a ring, but I really like the early 2000s, late 90s Knicks, Charlie Ward, Grandma Ma, Patrick and Allen Houston. Um, <laughs> I love that. Like, I really thought that was... <laughs> Got his jersey. I really thought that was a strong team. I used to root for that team. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just surprised that it didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> Now, y'all gonna open up some wounds. So, uh, I gave y'all my spiel about my my thing for Kobe, and and like I said, it always in retrospect, it looks like I'm a Lakers fan, but I was just a Kobe fan. I grew up a Knicks fan, of course. We grew up in New York City, <laughs> and I was just kind of telling y'all the two things that I regret in life. One of them, if I if I could go back in time, one thing that I would do is John Starks would have hit that three <laughs> at the end of Game Six over Elijah, or he would have kicked it down under. To, uh, to, to um, Patrick Ewing and also game seven <laughs> Pat Riley should have benched his ass for, um, <laughs> for uh, Derek Harper he what is he one for 21 in the in the game seven of the NBA finals um, but whatever but yes I was a huge Knicks fan and I remember that 99 season the the crazy season where they the eight seed and, and went and all the way to the NBA Finals. I remember Game Five of the Miami Heat series, and that was back when the first uh, first round was only five games. They were getting killed, so I left. Me and my dad used to watch all the playoffs games. That was back when they were on NBC. I left and went to the schoolyard to play basketball. Came back, of course, way before YouTube. And my dad is like, "You missed the greatest <laughs> game of all time." <laughs> like, uh, uh, Allen Houston hit the game-winning shot, and they beat the number one team in the NBA. I was like, and and of course, there's no YouTube, and we were poor back then. We had no ESPN, so I never saw the replay until like three years later. (laughs) Then second round, they killed the Hawks. They beat the Hawks four games straight. Third round, I predicted the Larry Johnson (laughs) four-point play. I didn't know much about basketball back then, so I didn't realize how rare a four-point play was. Like, when you don't know nothing about football, you'd be like, Hail Mary, not realizing a Hail Mary is like a a one-in-a-million thing. (laughs) 
So they were down four consistently at the end of the game. We're down three consistently. And I was like, yeah, we're going to get a four-point play. And I said it to my dad. And he's like, this kid doesn't know anything about basketball. <laughs> and then he hits the four-point play. And my dad looks at me like, and I think he ran and told my mom, like, he, he knew he was going to have a four-point play. <laughs> like, so four-point play, they win that series. But my God, Tim Duncan, <laughs> we, we never saw that coming. Tim Duncan changed the world with the fundamentals and he killed them but yeah i love that early that late 90s knicks team people forget they went back to the conference finals the next year but the the pacers eventually got over the hump and and went to the finals but it could have been it could have been kobe versus alan houston you know Spreewell versus uh rick fox in the nba finals um but but yeah man i really love those are late knicks teams when Mark, we had Marcus Camby on the bench behind an old <laughs> Patrick Y'all Mark. have squad, Dre. Charlie Ward, Latrell Sprewell, yes. Allen Houston, Patrick Ewan, Marcus Camby, Dennis Scott. Chris Childs, <laughs> two-piece in a biscuit. Chris <laughs> Childs. Like, y'all had a squad, Dre. <laughs> That's crazy. And, and Sprewell was a resurgent. Like he completely, everybody forgot about him in um, in Golden State. That remember when Golden State was just known for oh that was mm-hmm. the team that used to have Latrell Sprewell. Yep. Out of nowhere, twenty years later, there's this dynasty and everyone has all these jerseys. But like people couldn't even <laughs> identify what city they were in. Like oh Golden <laughs> State. I'm assuming they're in California. <laughs> but he resurged his career. Um, uh, little known fact. You, you guys are familiar of course you are you guys are sports guys first team all whatever mm-hmm. like first team all nba mm-hmm. which is a, for for folks who aren't familiar with it one every position has their best player so the first team all nba they pick one point guard that's the best point guard one shooting guard one center so 1994 there was no michael jordan so who's going to be the best who was first team all nba shooting guard it was latrell sprewell <laughs> he was first nice, team all NBA. He was nice. Because, yeah, like, Spree, I followed him when he was with the Knicks. And then when he moved on to the to the Timberwolves, like, Spree was my guy for, for a hot minute there. I'm just, I'm fact checking myself to make sure I'm right. But, yep, all NBA first team in 1994. <laughs> so he was supposed to be the next Jordan. How many times have we heard that? Like, he's taking over the rings. No more Michael Jordan and the best shooting guard in the league isn't Reggie Miller. It's not Allen Houston. It's it's Latrell Sprewell. Ball-headed Latrell at that time. <laughs> Damn, y'all did have a squad, Dre. I'm sorry, man. It's all good. It's just going to make the one day eventually win is going to make it that much more exciting but it's been a while i think what 73 was the last time the knicks won a championship yeah i mean right now like it seems like ownership's got to change or something there because they 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 just can't (laughs) seem to get right but dolan knows what he's doing james dolan knows what he's doing like he's had it so long the value of that team just being in new york is ridiculous Hold on to it as long as you can. Look what happened when Buddy, when mm-hmm. the Clippers had to sell his team. Like the Clippers were a laughing stock of the NBA or sports in general. But he made what yep. two billion? 
just because yep. he bought it for a million in the 80s and now the inflation so yeah if i was dolan i'm not letting it oh, go yeah, of this yeah they're trash but it's a new sense. york team but like you gotta you gotta <laughs> win like when it comes when it comes to winning <laughs> winning the game he, mm-hmm. he is not getting it done Oh, not at all. I think he's doing it on purpose. Like he is purposely will pick. They didn't pick um <laughs> Steph Curry, <laughs> Johnny Flynn. Who did they pick that dude with the dreads from Arizona? Okay. Oh no, he went to Minnesota. No, 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 no. Uh, Johnny Flynn went to um Minnesota. It was a dude with the dreadlocks from Arizona that got picked up by the Knicks. He eventually went to the Lakers. And I was shocked out of my mind. Granted. <laughs> No one would have predicted, once again, everything that um, Steph Curry was eventually going to do. But just for excitement purposes, just so the, the Knicks crowd didn't boo, <laughs> you could have drafted him. Mm, Jordan Hill. Jordan Hill. The Knicks drafted Jordan Hill. <sighs> Crazy. And draft. We ain't even talked about the draft. I didn't really know too many of the players coming out this year for the NFL draft. I did want the Bucks to get Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. I wanted him so bad. Yep. But other than that, I'm I'm it was alright. Yeah, like it, it wasn't surprisingly, I knew a lot. I I knew more players than I thought I was gonna know. Well, it was a, it was yes. a big receiver year, uh, so real, real 